Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? I'm Sam Blakely, as I always, as I always am, and joined, as I always am and ever will be, by Hugh Dempsey. Hugh, how are you? Hello Sam, I think you'll find that I have the uh, better taste, because I have just a better taste palette, like I can taste things more rich than you can, you know. Mm. Yeah, is it Unami, I think it's called, one of those? Unagi. Unagi, no, that's off there's, <laughs> a, skin there's, roll. A, there's a particular name for something, isn't there? I can't, I can't remember what it is. But yeah. Good. After a rip-roaring start as per, have you had a, an yeah. eventful week? Um, I guess, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Again, just it's just all content. It's just all no, content for the I podcast mean, that we I do. Watched, I mean, I, 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 being a good film fan that I am, I watched the uh, the new trailer to June uh, yesterday when it or Tuesday when it came out. Has it excited um, you? Oh, it is. It does look good. I'm not going to lie. I remember seeing a funny, I think it was like The Onion or something headline a couple of years ago that was Christian Bale gains £40,000 to play the sandworm in Dune. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hey, yeah, it looks interesting. He'd, he'd, he'd be good in it, yeah. They've, they've also found a way to, to uh, help the, the characters survive the sandstorms but not cover up any of Chalamet's face. So they've just got the little, the little nose plugs instead. It's like, we know what you're doing here. Well, you don't want to Tom plugs. Hardy him. The nose plugs, I think, are from the uh, from the book because they had the yeah. nose plugs in the in the eighty four version, didn't they? A happy accident, I'm sure. I mean, you, the guy who wrote it died in like the seventies or something. He's been long dead. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of being of... long dead, uh, guess what film we're doing this week, Hugh? Uh, is it a film? Is it uh, a film about zombies? Uh, in a well, in a sense, the the yeah, they're sort of the dead, but they're undead uh, in the Dia de Muertos. It's um, Coco, following our back to school animation double header special that was yeah. planned from day dot. Yep. Fortunately, <laughs> now um, is there? I mean, it's Coco. It's twenty seventeen. It's an animation. It's Disney Pixar. I mean, it, is there a reason why you hadn't got around to seeing it? Is it? Are you not that excited about new Pixar releases? I guess. I mean. I don't think I've been to the cinema to watch a Disney Pixar film since maybe Toy Story 2. Not right. that I dislike them, but yeah, I don't think I, they're not, it's not it's not something I go to the cinema to see, to be honest. I don't have little mm. children or anything yet. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've not been overly impressed with like some of the Disney Pixar stuff over the, over the last, since maybe Toy Story 3. So, the last ten years or so, yeah. Like I mean, there's been whoever, a good few, uh, good like few why sequels. They, yeah, why they keep making cars is anyone's, <laughs> you know. But I tell you, for, for the for the very young audience, it, it, you know, that my daughter, for example, yeah, she'll just lap up any new car stuff. So they made there's a certain audience one, for they, it as well. Yeah, I've, I mean, I barely had an appetite to watch Cars number one. Um, Never mind the uh, the sequel. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't a... I don't blame you. I I only saw this couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I saw I, s- I saw a good meme, and it was like um, there was a, there's a school bus and a pick and like a recovery truck in cars, and it's like who are they for? <laughs> like who's the school bus for? In it is a worrying. The 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 implications are enormous and scary and worrying. There's even sort of romances between cars, and you think are they are they, are they procreating and yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous, dangerous, especially when you get to timelines. You're like, oh, so this is after they've, you know, taken over the humans <laughs> and gained sentience. Yeah, that's that's the old joke, isn't it? That um, that this is that all because all the apparently like all the Disney Pixar films are in the same universe. Mm. That this is like some. Post- I believe it was practical. Uh, I think it was the cracked website that first came up with that oh, theory. I think, everyone, I think everyone came up with it at the same time, pretty much. Yeah, but, and really, uh, it just comes down to they just have little Easter eggs. <laughs> in yeah. all the different films, and you can yeah. just same with Black Mirror. You can you can put a chronology in there if you like, but it won't stack up entirely. Oh, somebody tried. That's a bit of a segue, but why oh, someone tried to say that all the Black Mirror 
things are in the same yeah universe. there's i mean when, there's a lot of news scrolls and you can always see there's a reference to like the prime minister is now recovering after his incident with a pig uh, and all this sort of stuff so every almost every episode has some reference and then the I black museum episode has got reference to everything i can see how some of the episodes are interconnected or in the same universe some of them are set pretty contemporarily aren't they others mm-hmm. are set a bit more in the future but not there is a way to map it out where it just about matches but yeah certainly the Black Museum that's that actually has stories from each one but we're not here yeah. to talk about Black Mirror no, or not. indeed so, Sam, the chronology I want to ask you what do you like so much about Coco? I had to sort of write this down script it uh, just to get my it's, you had a go at me for doing this the other month not for re- I'm not that it was more that I wanted to put my thoughts in order really because it was just a film that took me by surprise so much I I like you. I'm not that excited by new releases, even though Disney Pixar films are some of the best films uh, ever. Um, I just didn't. Know, I didn't think I was going to like it that much. So I was watching it with my daughter, and then it, it killed me. So I was thinking about what what is it about this film that I love so much? And I was thinking that you know some films they thrill, some entertain, some make us feel sort of profound emotions. But I'm sorry, am I, am I boring you? Are you, are you okay? No, carry on. <laughs> <For fuck's sake. laughs> um, but uh, I'm just, this is literally the... just trying to move, and you're there. Well, you were yawning away. Going on my yeah, Well, people yawn. Not, not feels bored. like I'm. Feels like you're Simon Mayo in me, um, and I'll be Kermit. He's just yeah. there picking his nails. Do you want to edit this episode? Not <laughs> editing anything, right? Okay, so yeah. So anyway, so I was thinking about the the sort of what the best films do and the kind of role that films play and why we watch films really and and it is just a form of entertainment but at the same time like any sort Nailed of art it. form like any sort of art form it it also kind of gives you little insights or in a very small but profound way it can sort of change your life or change your thinking and that's really what hit me about this because it, it's so we'll get to it in the social media later a very popular Disney Pixar film is Ratatouille and I just and I've not seen it all the way through, but I can't imagine how it could be that. In a, like, what's the best that could happen? He makes it as a chef. What's the worst that can happen? He doesn't. Um, but like this film, Coco, it, it's it's a it's like about legacy and and love. That's well arch. It's <laughs> an an, Sam, a, it's an actual animal. It's a real life animal that could be a chef. That's. That's monumental rather than some little kid playing guitar. <laughs> but it's just a case of like, I don't know how I'm going to have a profound emotion about it. It might, it might be a great film, I've just not seen it all the way through. But yeah, in this one, I think it, it's a, particularly because I've got a young daughter as well, I don't know if I've mentioned, um, this no. idea of legacy. And there was there was a moment when, when we found out, um, when I found out that my partner was pregnant, where I had this weird little switch of... This smug sort of like, oh, this is kind of my legacy a bit assured in the sense of, as Christopher Hitchens put it, it's, you know, it's your best shot at a second life, you know, your best shot at immortality. Um, and this film just it hits so many triggers and my daughter was born in 2017. I'm glad I didn't watch this in 2017 because it would have sent me over the edge. Um, and it I just had just, just a profound connection to it. It, it my my grandma also had dementia so i kind of saw a bit of that in in mama coco uh and it just moved me and i think i mentioned in our tenant episode i think um that i was watching it with my daughter just early in the morning and she just she just wanted me to stop crying at the end she was like what's going on um and i was just i was trying to reassure these are these are happy tears so listeners if you haven't seen the film I really would rather you didn't listen to this episode. Go and watch the film. It's on Disney Plus, so you can find it relatively cheaply and and do watch the film uh, before okay, you, before so you keep listening. They're the kind of like general reasons. What specifics about this film do you like? So some specifics. I mean, the the it's hard not to mention the music. You know, this when I first started watching the sort of the first half at least, I sort of wasn't as won over by the music just because I was a bit distracted, probably playing with my daughter, but. I've been listening to the to the soundtrack quite a lot on Spotify, the English and the Spanish, and it's it's some beautiful songs, and the the Remember Me song that's the kind of the most important you know the most important song. Mm. It works as a sort of poppy number as De La Cruz sings it, but then it works as just this heartbreaking song when you hear Hector and then Miguel sing it. Um, so the music is just wonderful, and on rewatching it, I was so impressed by how intricately they had or how well they had hidden some of the twists are you okay there you <laughs> sorry i'm just yawning again it's not you i don't know what's up with me 
um, how well it hidden some of the um, some of the twists and turns. So again, if you're listening and you haven't seen the film, I really don't want you to hear the spoilers. But we are going to be spoiling things. So there are twists and turns in it, and you go, "Wow!" But surely that it was they must they must have tripped over themselves. And he, how did they not know that they were talking about that? They were talking about different people. But watching it, and I was looking out for it. Whenever he's talking to his mama Melda or other people, mm. when he's talking to Hector, when he's talking to Dela Cruz, nobody's ever specific enough about about the lineage to uncover the, the truth really um so i was i was just really t- sort of blown away by that and it, it does hold the record as being the disney pixar film that was uh, in production for the longest they've got a bit of a reputation of taking four or really? five years jesus christ yeah so this was that... i think it was six or seven longest. years what that's like yeah because i knew toy story was a long time they said to be about five years don't they yeah well i thought it was about three but Often three. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, what year did Toy Story come out? And then Toy Story Two came out about five, six years later, or something. Yeah, like that. and then the next and one, maybe ten years later. It's twelve years, I think it was, wasn't it? Between yeah, something like that. That sounds about right. And I think it was with the makers of Inside Out. I was listening to an interview, and they said the first mm. year, all we do is research. And so they, that's why these Pixar, Disney Pixar films have all these beautiful, just little details. You know, while it's building a. While it's building the place, it just has little things that, like in, Inside Out, they have just little train of thought and op- opinions and facts, and they get them all jumbled up, and it's like, oh, they well, they all look the same. Uh, the little things like that that just throw away lines that are just so intricately detailed. And this film has a lot of that. They, there's a lot of talk of the writers that went to Mexico lots of times and did lots of research. And in fact, originally the story was going to be about an American child uh, from the US who had some Mexican heritage and it was about them learning about their heritage and that was like mm. that was so late that they'd even started mocking up some artwork for that that was the plan for so long little things like Dante, his dog they found out about this particular breed of dog that often lose a few teeth so it's, its tongue lolls out and then it turns out that was quite closely linked with the um, with the spirit guide animals and so on Just all these little things, all these little lucky bits of research that led to just a wonderfully intricate film with lots of great details. Uh, so yeah. yeah, and it's a wonderful performance um, performances by everybody, uh, including a very young boy. Really, so the original guy who was cast as Miguel, because it had been in production so long, he hit puberty, and his voice changed, so he couldn't be in the film anymore, and so he just got a cameo in wow. the film, and they had to get they had That's, to get a new guy in. How unlucky is that? It really is, isn't it? Because you could have been. I imagine the, the they'd star be that kid going, oh, I'm, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in this film, and it's going to be great, and yeah. I'm going to get to sing and voice perform, and I'm going to get to pay a load of money and be famous." And <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, get sing laid as well. when he turns eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> at the very uh, at the very latest. <laughs> Some of the trivia says that Miguel wasn't going to be singing originally; he was just going to be playing the guitar. Then they found out Anthony Gonzalez, who plays Miguel, could sing really wonderfully, so they made him a singing character as well. Nice. There's all these little changes nice, that just nice. take years and years to uh, to come to fruition, and it's it's led to a very successful film, sort of critically and, and box. I mean, you know, it made eight hundred million dollars. It's a very successful film. How much so, did it cost to make? Uh, let me double check that. It cost approximately one hundred and seventy-five million. Which I always find funny when it's an animation. Obviously, it's animators you've got to pay and, and voice actors and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I always think, but of, you think that's like, like a hard ceiling on those things. Yeah, nearly like, two hundred million dollars. Yeah, how are they getting more expensive? Like, surely, yeah, like Toy Story didn't cost that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, just draw it for I, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I guess inflation must have something to do with stuff like that. Still, though, it's Ultimately. a bit pricey, but it's a lot of animators, isn't it? Okay, um, Sam. So, yeah. If you were to, Get your knit and pick out. Mm. And do some nitpicking. Um, yeah. What What do you think I might not like about this film? Well, we've established that you're dead inside, so it's possible <laughs> that. De- Would you yeah. fuck off? I'm not dead inside. I'm just... So it's possible if you are dead inside just, and anadonic, but as soft as you are. <laughs> so I think, I personally watching it, nothing occurs to me that's bad about it. But reading negative reviews. There are things I can I can concede, but that don't bother me. Same as a lot of, you know, when you think of your favourite films, you can still go, oh, I see why you wouldn't like that. So one or two of them was, I wonder if 
the plot twist was a surprise to you. Um, there's one reviewer who said that actually they were for, they were foreshadowed way too heavily. So maybe that didn't appeal to you. Maybe you thought it was mawkish. Again, we'll get into the critics later, but maybe you thought the characters were a bit flat or something like that. I do think you like this film, but I've just got this nagging feeling that it's it's not blown you away. Um, but right. you know, we, well, as, we'll, as always, we'll we haven't out, talked about it. Yeah, as we I, always I, do. Eh? Maybe you bloody love it and you, you're Could still do. crying Could right do. now. I don't. But anyway, listen, <laughs> so we're going to find out after the break. So we're going to go for a, a little wee break. We'll have a little uh, little bit of music and then when we come back, we'll get Hugh's views. Okay. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So we are ready... Beth, Beth, breath, duly baited. Uh, very Beth? difficult to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Beth is baited, and we are ready for Hugh's Come on, Beth. So, Have <laughs> as we always do, Hugh, what did you like about this film? Right, so Coco, you know, a Disney Pixar. You've always got to love a bit of Disney Pixar, haven't you? It's, look, it, it, yeah. it is hard to dislike a Disney Pixar film. I mean, you joked earlier and said I'm dead inside, and you'd have to be dead inside to not hate this film <laughs> I must admit you know when we usually do oh what do you know about this film before going into it I had no idea though that it was about a kid playing music which right and right. I did see the adverts for it at the time and I do remember seeing them and I remember it being advertised and I just don't think that aspect of it was kind of maybe advertised enough perhaps um, so I was a bit surprised I just thought it was some kid who went into the underworld or the afterlife or something and that was kind of the story but yeah I was I was pleasantly surprised by that uh by that sort of twist that it was he was there was a reason he was there and uh, you know he, he had a had things to do you know he was I think the one thing I liked about this film and I did and it struck me whilst I was watching it, it was something we always talk about and I know something you particularly like is uh Miguel's a very active character he's He's mm. always doing something. Do you know what I mean? He's he's overactive almost. <laughs> you might say, <laughs> you know. No, yeah, he doesn't sit still, does he? No, and at no point is he defeated. I think as well, which is sort of important. Um, again, the animation. You know, with a Disney Pixar film, the animation absolutely staggeringly good. Uh, they get that real blend between it being really authentic feeling animation, but also it being a cartoon as well. Like, this mm. kid isn't, he's not, you know, he's he's a clearly an animated figure. He's not like a, atom, you know, anatomically correct human being with proportions and things like that. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the world building. I really enjoyed, like, the Land of the Dead or whatever that area mm, was called. Yeah. That was... That was pretty spectacular and pretty interesting. It's an entire civilization, isn't it? And complicated, and there's slums and there's you know palaces yeah. and so on. Yeah, it's yeah, it is a bit strange. It, it, it didn't make. I mean, it didn't make sense. Like why um, Ernesto de la Cruz had a huge tower, <laughs> and that I can't remember <laughs> the character's name, but the um, Hector's friend who who disappears. And he, like you said, he lives. Oh out, yeah, he lives out in a slum. Why? <laughs> like you know, when you were saying, like, he, there's a bit where Ernesto and Miguel are working, are walking, not working, are walking through all the things that have, people have left for Hector. You know, all like mm, the guitars, yeah. and it's like, but nobody. Oh, left, for Ernesto. Yeah, for Ernesto, and it's like, yeah, but no one left him a house. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. It, it does seem to be status in life is status in death. Isn't yeah, it? you're right. It's it's hard to understand and why that works. Also, like, I mean, I'm going to get into it later just for a bit of fun. So we'll probably we'll probably leave off it for a while. Um, it's a good adventure film. I put down here. You know, it's got that element of risk and danger and. You know, plot twists and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the journey. The journey was good, and the um... yeah, it's a real, it's a real road adventure. We've got to get this thing, and then no, we can't get it, so we've got to figure out a way to get the this way and that way. And there's another roadblock, another roadblock. Yeah, and it's quite, it's a fun adventure that they go through. I felt, um, yeah, I also like like the theme. Like the themes are pretty heavy in this film when you think about it. Ultimately, because it's about mm, yeah, it is about remembering those like you said who came before you and you know what what it means to be remembered and what legacy you leave and 
you know, who who remembers you, you know, that's quite important in this film. I think that's dealt with in a very specific way. That um yeah, we'll get into that, <laughs> I think. Um, and... <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a, do you remember that bit on the pitch meeting, uh, the Ryan George pitch meeting? And I can't remember the film, but it's like a dark film or something. And he says, oh, I like dark things. And he says, yeah, like, did you ever think at some point in the future, somebody will think about you for the last time ever? And there's just a silence <laughs> while he deals with that <laughs> profound thought. And yeah. this film is kind of that. <laughs> it's played out. Yeah, I was thinking when we were doing it, um, when you mentioned this and then when I was watching the film, and I was thinking about what to say for today. It's like, uh, welcome to existential crisis. <laughs> you know, every, <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. we seem to be talking about um, existential crises a lot on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about what and it in our personal to, life. <laughs> yeah, what it means to be alive, and you know that uh, the finite nature of uh, being human, I guess. Mm. Um, and then yeah. the last thing I put down for what I liked about it is I just put Mama Coco for the win. She is brilliant, isn't she? She's the one at the end where she um she sings the song so she remembers him. Yeah. And that's that's what I like. And she's the one who has the photograph, hasn't she, of him that she kept. It's so beautiful. I mean, you, there's a, the odd video you can find uh, just as the round on Facebook and YouTube and so on of say a person with dementia for a moment recognizing their child you know there's there's a beautiful one a woman let's say in her 40s or 50s and a mum who's got dementia and she says do you know who i am and she says yeah you're kelly and like it must be the first time in months or years that she's recognized her own daughter Mm. and it's just this beautiful moment i mean what does she call miguel at the beginning I can't remember. Oh yeah, she I calls forgot, him actually. Something completely different. It's quite. <laughs> we've, we've all we've all been in families. We all know that feeling yeah. of a, yeah, an auntie calling you everybody's name except yours. Yeah. So and the music in this is really good. I like that. That's kind of like the theme of the of it as well. Is that this little boy who just wants to play guitar? You know, all mm. I want to do is play my guitar and sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed all that. Um, you know, it, I feel like there's a book coming. Are there, are there big things you didn't like about it? Moved it moved me. I was moved by it. You know, Did you, you cry? No. But I welled up a little. I got that, yeah. got that you know, back of the throat. I'm not, ooh, I, I'm not it's, crying. Ooh, it's you know. trying here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> do you, do you cry at films? Do you cry yeah, at films? Yeah, I do nowadays. I definitely, what makes you cry? Sorry? What makes you cry at films? Sad things. It's sad things. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was me. Is it ever like sentimental, happy oh, things yeah. like, like this? Yeah, like I didn't cry at this because I don't know. Maybe we'll get into it and what I didn't like. I mean, okay, off the bat, this is a good film. Like it's yeah. undeniably a good film. I can't pretend it's not. If I if I called it a bad film, I'd be lying. Um, I actually think it's better than a film you quite like a lot, which is Inside Out. I think it's better than that, right? I do think it's better than that. Um, I'm just trying to think of the, the Disney Pixar films that have come out in like the last ten years. I think, I think the benchmark when it comes to trying to get you in the feels when it comes to Disney Pixar though, there's there's two moments. There's there's Up, the beginning of Up, yeah, the first five then, minutes of Up, yeah, and then there's the ne- at the end of um, Toy Story three when you think they're gonna die. Yeah, in the into the big uh, incinerator yeah. And they're all thing. like, yeah, that's like, beautiful. Where they all come to peace about what's about to happen to them. And you're like, oh no. Yeah, because they're toys. They they barely have any features and somehow it's it's conveyed so artfully. Yeah. yeah, that they're just like accepting that's death. Killer. That's <laughs> yeah. a killer. That's a killer, that. Yeah. Um, imagine if they'd killed them off. I'd have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a right kick in the stones. It's only an hour long. This film. What's happening? <laughs> it's just Adam, just just the, just the kid from uh, Toy Story. Andy just being like, "I've to all my toys." <laughs> and then Walt Disney comes and says, "I'm sorry about that, children, but sometimes we have to come to terms with death." <laughs> Thank you. Turns into like an infomercial about death. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think what's come out. So I think another Cars film came out in this time. Inside Out. Um, Thingy came out as well, didn't it? Uh, Toy Story. Another Cars film. The Good Dinosaur. Did the Good Dinosaur? I've not seen that. I'm guessing you've seen. I that. think it was twenty. No, I haven't. No. Oh, fair enough. Doesn't appeal. Doesn't appeal. Yeah. So, I think when I come to what I didn't like, I think I'm. I'm basically because of the heritage this film comes from. It's got a high bar. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like probably the reason you don't. And sometimes, like Dis, a good Disney Pixar film will try and get you to get a bit 
teary-eyed, won't it? You know, I think that's its kind of its its um, charming, heartfelt, bittersweet sort of. It's very tra- sentimental. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. It's it's trying to hit you in those in that area, and it, and yeah. a lot of the time it works. And with this, it worked. Um, so I'll say what I didn't like. Now, go for it. I would say that, unlike a lot of Disney Pixar films, I don't think this one's. This is my. This is my only really true criticism. Um, is I didn't find it that funny. Right. And usually these films are very funny. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't laugh many times. No, there are some funny bits in it, but it to me it felt like a more traditional Disney film. Rather than a yeah. Disney Pixar, because Disney Pixar tended to, you know, they they do crack up, you know, they do crack and crank in the, the laughter, don't they? Toy Story. Do you is think Hector? Very funny. Did Hector need to be more of a Robin Williams as genie kind of character, a bit more? No, know, I wise just think, cracking. I just think they needed more jokes in it. I just don't think it was very funny. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I, but, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, um, it, I've just touched on it, but. Uh, you know, they've. It's quite saccharine. You know, mm. it is. It just. Did the, it feel a bit manipulative as opposed to? Um, I mean, for you. I, I don't know. Manipulative is how I'd describe it. I would say it's. It. You know, I, just as I mentioned, it's going for a specific area, isn't it? Like you said, sentimental. But where does sentimental become cloying saccharine? And maybe this might yeah. get in there. I think. A was it uh, what's his name? Not Ben. Is it not Ben Johnson? Samuel Johnson, the dictionary guy. Uh, he um, is it Ben Johnson? What's Sam, his name? No, it is Samuel Johnson, isn't it? Samuel Johnson. I think it was him who described. I don't know who Ben Johnson is. I think it was him who described nostalgia. He described nostalgia as the unearned emotion. <laughs> not what it used to be. Uh, <laughs> not what it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did when I said saccharine. I've kind of put question mark there this one so Mm. i'm like is it maybe maybe not i think it i think it very much depends how you feel about these kind of films in general usually i'm I'm usually all for them so i'm just trying to i'm playing a bit of devil's advocate with that one Um, yeah yeah and then yeah i've just got some like the and then the other one i would say is again it's more of a question mark is i mean if you didn't see that plot twist come in a mile off you you need to get your eyes checked and yeah. I just thought, well, it's a kids' film. Little kids might not have, you know, mm. you know. I think about, you know, like your daughter or my friend's daughters going, oh, you know, oh, yeah. it's his dad. Yeah, yeah. It turns out that's his great great granddad. Um, but yeah, all in all, I would say I quite enjoyed this film. Um, I, it wasn't because I wasn't didn't realize it was about music. I think I right. was a bit sideswiped by that aspect of the film. So I quite yeah, and it. it is like you say, it's an extra, it's an extra layer, and, and a, like you say, a reason for him being there that, yeah. that adds a little something. And it's Did good, you have any um, character development, isn't it, as well? Like he comes from this family that was jilted by a musician, and it mm, made his yeah. great great grandmother, um, you know, it changed her life, and so she became very very bitter. Yeah, you grow to, to understand. You grow to understand the family, and you sort of grow up with the film in the sense that. You, we've all got memories of as a child not understanding why our parents or family was were like thought family were that important such an important thing or that you know it's priority a family should be a priority over your own development and your own the thing that you want and you grow to understand the family because yeah they were abandoned to in their mind because Hector wanted to to be a musician um, and he's like, yeah, I accept your blessing with all your conditions. Mm. And they grow to understand him as well. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, how soon did you see the uh, the plot twist? It's one of those where I think if somebody had quizzed me and said, okay, what do you think is going to happen? I probably would have been able to come up with a twist. But I've mentioned before, I don't, I don't try to second guess these things. And... It wasn't like a startling realisation so much as a piecing it together. And then when it was confirmed, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like I was sat there going, oh, yeah, Hector's obviously his, his great-granddad, you know, great-great-grandfather. It was, uh, yeah, it was subconscious. Right, fair enough. Yeah. 
Did you know right from the start? Uh, not from the very beginning, obviously, but I think when it, I, it kind of twigged with me when, um, I think when he, you know, when he's singing with Hector right. earlier on in the film and I'm like, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> Something's happening yes. here. Yeah. yeah. And then he's... Because there's so many times where it feels like it's been confirmed that it was Ernesto because obviously Mama Coco says, Papa, when he says, was Ernesto de la Cruz your... Your papa, and she says, Papa. And it's almost like confirming that. And then, yeah, you saw, it's only when you look back that you realise at no point did anybody confirm or, or disaffirm, you know, yeah. disavow him of that. Yeah, and when he says, Oh, I knew Ernesto and all this, and you're just like, uh, Yeah. If you, like I say, if, if you were to be sat down and asked, There's a twist in this film, or, or whatever, you know, what do you think there's going to be? I think most people, most adults could have got it. But you're right, I mean, Disney Pixar have really perfected the art of. Uh, having films that work for adults and children yeah. when it comes to twists that must be ten times harder oh yeah like yeah definitely yeah I think this is more a twist for kids than it was for adults quite yeah, yeah. I'm, being, but, I'm being kind <laughs> quite honestly yeah. uh, but I think it's still you could I mean even because obviously watching it again I knew that twist but it still yeah. broke my heart the way that it's revealed, because I think it's not revealed like a wow, this is the moment where we find out Bruce Willis was dead all along. It's more, <laughs> Wait, there's a sort Bruce of slow piece together. The actor, yeah, in real life, he's, oh, been, he's been dead for years, yeah, CGI, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> like Peter Cushing, you know, yeah, um, that's why he's been in all that shit recently, just no, no good dead. films at all. <laughs> But yeah, it's like a slow piecing together and then it's... Because that's not even the point. The point is that they still need to convince the rest of the de- the, the rest of the dead people mm. and the rest of Miguel's family of this thing. So it's not even like that's the moment at the end of the film. So I thought that was quite good. The whole film didn't hinge on it necessarily. No. Did you have um, some specific scenes then? What would you say was your favourite scene? Uh, I've put... I don't know what yours was, but I know mine was. I said my favourite scene is the Dela Cruz confession scene. Oh yeah, is it on the balcony at the end? Yeah, that's good. Um, And he's like, "Oh, I did what I had to do, and all this, and I poisoned him." And yeah, I can. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that bit quite a lot. Yeah. Do you mean is it the bit where he's talking? Just oh yeah, on the balcony. Uh, What I really like about that is when a bad guy gets their comeuppance in a public space. So it's not like. They get their comeuppance with a small small group who then somehow have to convince the crowd because that just feels like mm. a pointless, you know, a task. It's just great when it's just like in the same moment they just admit to everything and we can sort out their comeuppance. Yeah, um, and then obviously he's out. Uh, he's out. He gets flown off into the bell falls on him again. <laughs> Which, would under that it again. do anything to a skeleton? The um, writer has confirmed on Twitter that it didn't kill him again, but he is trapped under there. Ah. Uh, no <laughs> Which is almost worse. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, and they all just want to forget about him. For me, I love so many scenes in this, but the one that truly broke me and killed me uh, was when Miguel is singing Remember Me with, with Coco. Oh, at the end. Um, it's just, yeah, so heartbreaking, her her voice and his voice, because he's just so desperate. And it's mm. seeing the family realise the power and that it is. And, you know, and it's it's based on research as well. You know, a lot of people with dementia and Alzheimer's, they do recognise songs and it can, you know, kickstart some memories. Mm. So that absolutely killed me. And I, and I really liked, as a little thing, I liked the little sort of highlights package of all the people trying to cross the bridge and seeing if they were on somebody's a friender and there's a guy who's on his dentist's a friender and um and all this sort of stuff i quite like that just as a little set comedy comedy set piece you know yeah the other the other like scene i enjoyed was when his um uh is it mama imelda when she's chasing after him and he gets through the fence he gets through the gate oh yeah and she's she's like oh you'll never understand me you don't like music and then she starts singing and you realize oh she loves music and she's really talented singer (laughs) she's She's an amazing singer but yeah it it ruined her life so much that she was willing to forgo this talent and then obviously when she starts then singing (laughs) and they're in that weird duet with ernesto which was a bit That's cheesy. great, and she's she's dancing to try to evade all the guards yeah. as well, which I really like. Because they're, they're sort of like, we can't really kidnap her. She's on stage in front of a million people in the stadium. Yeah. Um, I do like that the yeah, little like, love story that you get with her and, he- and um, yeah, Hector. Hector. Yeah. yeah. 
It was like the 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 moment she's like, "Oh, you killed the love of my life," and he's like, "The love of your life." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused. And yeah, and yeah she's like, I don't, it, I don't forgive it? you, but I will help you. Yeah, it's very good. It's yeah. so good because uh, she understands. Um, lines then, favorite lines. I think there's a lot of great lines in this. Well, see, funnily enough, I, that's the one thing maybe I would criticize this for is maybe that it, it didn't have that many memorable lines for me. Right. So yeah. I, but my favorite one, and the one that got me got a chuckle out of me was. Um, when he's with Frida Kahlo. And <laughs> yeah. He was in this a lot, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, who are, little kids mustn't have a notion of Frida Kahlo. Was. <laughs> yeah, you get a sense of it. Apparently, yeah. there's quite a lot of famous Mexican uh, people uh, who we wouldn't necessarily recognise. What, in this film? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Like, long, long dead people. Yeah. Um, and she's um, when she's discussing what she's doing for the show, and then she was, and she just goes... And what if everything was on fire? Yes, fire everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just like And that. all the dancers are like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the dancers are all uh, confused. Yeah, that's, I, that just tickled me because that was really funny. She is a good character. I do like the, I, I, I don't think a line is said, but I do like the bit when, at the beginning, when he's talking, when Miguel's talking about his life and he's got, you know, the little Mexican um, wrestler uh, mask on. Oh yeah, he's diving yeah, off yeah. the bed <laughs> with Coco. Yeah, Coco's got the mask on as well. Proper, Just smiling along, beatific smile on her yeah, face. Yeah, that proper tickled me. Uh, I do have another line, but I'll let you say yours, and then I'll do my other one. Um, I do know what you mean. I can, I can, I can totally understand that there's. It's not like okay, say a line from Coco, and you can say it word for word. But one that really tickled me like you said there's a lot of conflict and there's a lot of like the, the adventure story of it sometimes that has to be sort of uh what's the word a little bit um uh what is the, anyway it has to be kind of manufactured a little bit you know like we have to come here but we need this thing before we can do that and what i really like is when they're going to do the battle of the bands thing to to get access to the party and Hector says, well, I'll just do it. I'll play the song. And Miguel says, no, um, I don't just want to get De La Cruz's blessing. I want to earn it. And uh, Hector says, oh, oh, that's such a sweet sentiment. At such a bad time. You know, it's almost like he's apologising to the viewer. Like, I understand that we've had to crowbar in <laughs> some more conflict here, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> what, what was the other line for you? Uh, I just like the bit, right, when... Um when Ernesto Del Cruz is outed as this murderer and um, he's flown off and everyone cheers and that guy comes back from the concession stand and just goes, <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> <To his. laughs> I love that. It's just a little bit. It's, it's just a little yeah, aside. It's, but it would so totally happen, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, so yeah. That's great. It's a proper old farce sort of you know spoof kind of line that yeah. someone in what? airplane might have asked it. And the other there was a couple of visual gags I liked in it. I think the one where um when he goes into Frida Kahlo's studio and he's um walking around and there's like he goes through a curtain and it's a woman doing a nude but she's a skeleton yeah. <laughs> getting a nude draw. Bare rib cage. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like I was watching it going well, I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it a, it's a kind of a hilarious... Like, I thought she'd go, and, like, cover herself yeah. up or something. But she just... Similarly, react. in the song Juanita that Hector's singing... Uh, I've forgotten his name as well, but, yeah, the old guy who gets forgotten. <laughs> Ironically. Um, and he says, uh, her knuckles, they drag on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and he that's says, that's not that. the word. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Which is good, because it's, it's so subtle that a child almost wouldn't even pick up on the fact that it's... A, like, Shrek... I watched. I rewatched that a few months ago, and I thought actually some of these are quite close to the, not close to the bone, but close to being really inappropriate jokes because it's almost easy to figure out what their, what the innuendo is. In this case, it wasn't yeah. obvious. I don't think for anybody watching. So that's wonderful. Uh, so drag on the floor. <laughs> but that that wasn't actually the real word. It was you know maybe her knockers or something else. Oh right. Oh, I never thought of it like that. To be fair. Yeah. So, so it was oh, more I'm of an too adult mind. That's it. there are children present. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've you know we've covered the we've covered the big stuff. What we're going to do after the break is we're going to get a bit of ratings, some critics. Hugh, you I got the sense you had some. Well, so I've got fun some. Thing. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, let's do it now before we move on. Okay, okay. We can talk let's about do it. This. I've got some observations about this film. All right? Oh, okay. And it's to do with this underworld of the dead, right? Yeah. So there's three observations, right? 
First of all, <laughs> let's just get this out of the way, first of all. Why is there people with jobs, <laughs> like security guards and police officers? Well, people live there year-round, don't they? Yeah, but why do they need money <laughs> if they're dead? <laughs> they don't need to eat. It's just, it's communism in action, isn't it? <laughs> no one needs money, some, but somebody needs to do the jobs. Yeah, it's a very, just, I. so I assumed before I found out that you could be forgotten, I assumed that people who did all the jobs were... Um, people who didn't have like living family left anymore right right yeah also they just get forgotten and then my next thing is so they use like photographs to be like to say if you're allowed to go through and obviously you're not allowed through so nobody pre-1880 or whatever yeah this is what i was like (laughs) so what the first photograph was taken in like 1839 or something right So (laughs) so when they started doing portraits pictures is this when it was um no, this world came into existence. Nothing. This maybe. world didn't exist before then. And then. I do worry if we try to get to the nitty gritty of the the metaphysics of it, we might. Well, yeah, hit some stumbling blocks. Ultimately, um, there is a a very a very very exact um, thing in this that it turns out um, <laughs> there's a fit worse than death. <laughs> <laughs> which is you know well, like I said welcome to please watch this fucking existential crisis that you can yeah. not only do you die once but you die twice in this and, or maybe this it, maybe it's just an endless loop of being forgotten uh, after that nope you clearly just disappear into fuck all don't you <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so that yeah. was horrifying <laughs> if I'm being honest yeah. Yeah, that was really unexpected. It's a good thing we've got the podcast that will obviously live on... Once we're dead. Minutes after we die. <laughs> At least minutes <laughs> yeah. after we die. Yeah. And we stop, and we stop when, paying audio. When your audio assets boom. are frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah. What, what did you think to those... That, that whole, yeah, you die twice... And that's the yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's the old saying, isn't it? You, that there is te- you de- technically you do die die twice, don't you? It's the, well, that is when yeah. When yeah. you actually die, and then the last time anybody ever thinks about you, when you've forgotten. So it would be interesting to know who's the sort of longest dead person in the in the land of the dead. Yeah, there must be somebody thought, there who's been there for centuries. Well, that's what I thought. I was just thought, oh, it must just be full of like really famous people throughout history. I was also I also wondered. Because obviously, let's say Ernesto, he looks like the skeleton version of himself when he died, quite young. But Mama Coco, she's very old when she's yeah. on the So how old was Mama is, is it based on? Yeah, that's she it. She must have died quite she? young. And she a lot of the, and there's a lot of quite young people, which is you know a lot of youngish people die in their forties or whatever. But is it to do with the photograph? That's it can't be just the photograph that's there actually, because you can be in the land of the dead without a photograph on the offender. So. It must be the age you were when you died, and I just thought that's quite interesting that they're not all old and decrepit. Yeah, I mean, I've got many quite like I'm just thinking now. Do like if it's if you if you stay in it because you're famous, does that mean like John Wilkes Booth and like Abraham Lincoln <laughs> together? And, you yeah, know, we we still remember. Them. Although, um, yeah, yeah, I mean Lee Harvey Oswald and JFK <laughs> <laughs> okay, reunited at last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's many yeah well, I, many I think the, the reason why I brought this up when we did the Tenet episode was because there are quite a lot of rules to the day to the land of the dead that I thought this film managed to convey more artfully than Tenet and a lot of Christopher Nolan films. You know, it's not just somebody explaining it to Ellen Page over and over again, but it's different people explaining it in little snapshots and like it's it's demonstrated as opposed to just said. And I thought it's quite. I think it's quite elegantly done because it's quite complex. The rules about the leaves and the crossing the bridge yeah. and this and that, you know. Well, um, not really. <laughs> but it's a lot to it's a lot to convey whilst also conveying a story. I think, and I think they do a good job of that. And then finally, um, also, what sort of monsters don't allow music? Just, just FYI. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I suppose people whose families have been torn yeah. asunder by it. Yeah, 100 years ago. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did seem Anyway, so we'll give the listener a little break right now. We'll, yeah, they can have uh, a quick existential and, crisis about dying absolutely. and dying go again. And, yeah. Go and call, call a loved one and join <laughs> us back in about 30 seconds where we'll get some critics and stuff and social media and quiz and all that sort of stuff. So join us shortly.
Hello and welcome back once again. So, Hugh, would you like the critics or do you want to give your own rating first? Um, I want to see what the critics think first. If you had to guess, um, what would you say Metacritic would have given this as a percentage? Mm. Oh, it's a Disney Pixar. Like a 7.6. You're not a million miles off, it's at 81%. So it's in that no, sort of sorry, it's percentage. Sorry, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I was going to say yeah. eighty or eight, and then I changed my mind at the last second. So it's a good thing you did because it it was more tense for the listener. Um, as you can imagine, then with eighty one percent, there's a bit of a bit of a mix, but mostly positive. Michael Reshaffen in the um, Hollywood Reporter had a really glowing hundred percent review, um, in which he said. At every imaginative junction, the filmmakers create a richly woven tapestry of comprehensively researched storytelling, fully dimensional characters, clever touches, both tender and amusingly macabre, and vivid, beautifully textured visuals. Uh, which is, yeah, I mean, I, I think oh, it's part of, It is, yeah. On the cover of the poster, it says it's utterly resplendent, and that, I think, comes from his, mm. uh, his review. On the other hand, Tim Grierson for Screen Daily said... Um, in its zeal to pay proper respect to Mexican traditions and to avoid any hint of appropriation, Coco fails to give as much attention to its perfunctory characters or mediocre plotting, resulting in a family film which is reverent rather than inspired. And it's so funny to see two critics say completely opposite things. It's not like he's attacking another element of it. Um, whereas Michael Rechtschaffen said it was um, fully dimensional characters, Tim Grierson said perfunctory characters. Um, mm. He uh, he also goes on to say, Pixar films often deep dive into specific ecosystems to construct clever, organic stories that derive from those vivid environments. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen in Coco, which has such strong texture and sense of place, but a static, generic, going-on-a-quest narrative structure. Part of the problem is that Whiny Miguel isn't nearly as resourceful, funny, or empathetic as the studio's best protagonists. So, two things there. I think the going-on-a-quest narrative structure... To call it um, generic, I mean, there's really only about seven stories. There is, isn't there? Yeah. You know? I mean, and, so going, it's and a... going on a quest is like very much in youth filmmaking, isn't it? A quest That's to it. And, and especially, about... you know, his dog's called Dante. It's clearly a, you know, it's like he's yeah, a spirit guide. Yeah. I mean, he should really have been called Virgil because that's, or Virgil, <laughs> uh, Virgil because that's the guide in uh, in the Inferno, but... Yeah, I mean it's going on it's a it's an adventure film like that. And the second thing is he does talk about yeah, Miguel's whiny, not nearly as resourceful, funny or empathetic. I suppose he wants him to be like an Aladdin character. And he's a bit that, like you said, he's very active, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's very active, I thought. I was Yeah, I mean he's li- literally I think there's only one point in the film where he needs kind of well, there's two technically, but there's only one point where he needs rescuing, if that makes sense. And that's when he gets through. Yeah, when they're stuck in the uh, in the cave thing. Yeah, in the cave. But then all the other points, you know, he's trying to do the right thing, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and he is resourceful, and he's yeah, he'll, he'll, like he he still manages to get through to Ernesto de la Cruz. You know, with the, he kind of goes in with the band, and he's smart, and he yeah, like he wouldn't have got he, the, he the band. The, wouldn't have let, the band wouldn't have let him in if he hadn't been so good at the performance, would they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I sort of, I, I sort of understand why he thinks that, but I sort of dismiss that review a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Hugh, it, it comes to you. Um, how many alebrijes out of ten? How many this film? Alebrijes, the spirit animals. Oh, the spirit animals. Yeah, I'm glad you pronounced that, and not me. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to pronounce it the, the other day when I was watching this, and I was just like, nope. <laughs> it's not, happening. Um, not today. It's not in my way. Focus on Tenet. Yeah, that's my that's my struggle. Um, yeah, like a, it's a seven for me. Is this one? I think there yeah. just there is something I can't put my finger on it, but there is just something missing. And it's it's one of those that I feel like maybe ask me again in a few years' time what I think about it, if I still think it's a seven right. because it's not. It's one of those that I'm not sure is going to grow on. You know, like like I I think it's for me. I'm comparing it against basically Up and Toy Story three. Right. And Toy Story three had the fact that it had two previous films to to um, to play off, and that so it built up that character development and connection. So yeah, it kind of already had won at that point when it started being sad and 
existential. <laughs> that's, that's definitely the word of the day. Yeah, uh, there's not many films that would win out if if that's the benchmark that yeah. that is a nine or a ten. I suppose, and yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can respect that. Where, definitely. where say like where Up did so much clever work at the beginning of the film that you just made you love the film and it played out. I well. do think Up kind of is so front loaded that I, I find I don't really remember much of the film after the first five minutes that is definitely it could have been a short before a film to really bum you out <laughs> <laughs> just the worst short <laughs> to watch before a nice little family comedy yeah um, so I think, yeah, I think on a, on a, that, that's kind of well just before you give your rating which I assume is maybe like mm. an eight or a nine um, yeah and then again I do think it's better than Inside Out but again, right. it's it's very much a world in which it's very well textured. Like it's it's a well developed. Like I would say with Inside Out, even though you've got this very specific, you've, like I think with Inside Out you remember the characters better. But the, for me, the world in that's not that brilliant. Even though it's mm. interesting, I don't really remember much of it apart from the uh, that like pit or chasm or something where nothing can yeah. happen. Bing uh, bong, that yeah. was the that was killed me. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that yeah. scene. Um, where with this, you know, you, I, I think I will remember the the, the land of the dead a bit more. And right, like it's, it's very colourful, isn't it? And, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's, it's designed. I quite enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit like Inside Out. Yeah, good, but maybe not. A, maybe not a classic. Perhaps. Right. But I'm not. I'm not so do we, you know what? I'm, I'm probably the wrong target. I'm the wrong target audience for starters. <laughs> and well, you know, and, it, and I'm, I'm, I know the answer to this now. But essentially, and you were right. I think I would give this a nine. Uh, so the question I asked social media and that I asked you to to think about is, uh, what would be in your top three? So we've got up and Toy Story three there. Um, what else joins those two in your, oh, in your top three Nemo. Disney Pixar's? Finding Nemo. Yeah, I love that film. Yeah, I watched it. That is a great film. When I was, my little sister was a little girl. She watched it constantly. Of course, yeah. So I ended just up watching, the right. Just so the I've right seen time. that film like fifteen times in <laughs> over the year. Well, not over the years, but when she was little, it was just electronic wallpaper in my house when she was about two, three years old. That's it. When you're with a, a you know a young child like that, it, and they do watch the same thing over and over again, you're so grateful when it's good. Yeah, Disney Pixar has just been the just a, a godsend, godsend for so many parents and and older siblings because there's a lot of tribe that they could watch over and over again. Well, but if they can watch something like this over and over again, well, it's like you compare it to like the generation before. We might have watched, like you said, Aladdin, Lion King. Yeah, um, you know what's um, the Jungle Book stuff like that? Good films. Yeah, but you know if you're an adult. Not that interesting. Where with these? That's it. There is yeah, because those three are so high in my Disney list. Probably in my top three. Because mm. yeah, we did grow up with those, didn't we? And I don't know if I would have felt that way if I was older or younger. Yeah, like I can imagine, like my mum and dad weren't that keen on Aladdin. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, we'll sit, like yeah. say, like you might sit and watch The Lion King with your daughter and yeah. love it because you remember watching it first time round. So I think maybe, maybe if like I was sitting and watching The Jungle Book. When I was a little boy, my mum might have been like, "Oh, I liked this when I was a little girl or something." Although they didn't yeah, have yeah. videos, I don't think, when they were growing up in the probably 60s not. and seventies. No, probably it not. It was an eighties thing, wasn't it? So, yeah, they might have just seen it at the cinema or something. I'm not sure. That's question. funny, that isn't it? So, yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. I, I almost forget that. Yeah, people didn't have home video, like our parents didn't have it when they were when they yeah. were. Yeah, so it's only really people who are maybe like ten years older than us where it's that became a, a thing to sit yeah. and watch these films with your kids. Which is funny to scrutinise an old film because you think, yeah, they they thought they were just going to show it in the cinemas and then maybe re-release it in the cinemas years later, but not that you could watch it and pause it and just really scrutinise every, every, every well, I think, frame. Well, I think the technology of, like, video came out in the... I think the actual idea of it was, was developed in the 60s. I think right. It, I suppose they had cassettes, didn't they? And yeah, they, they had, had real to real players and so on huge round things you can google it I might be wrong it could have been the 70s but I'm sure like the first right. ever VCR player like as we would know one was in like the late 60s but they didn't become really popular I suppose it's quite it's, 80s, it's quite 80s. easy to imagine it's just a cinema but at home the really smaller the you know you don't need as big a room it. Yeah. Um, anyway back to the uh, back to the Disney Pixar I think my top three it's hard to it's hard to order them but they would include Inside Out 
Coco, and then I'm torn between Toy Story, one of the first three Toy Stories, uh, probably three. Um, I almost want to include. I almost want to include them as one. I think, um, but I, I put it to social media and. I was, as we mentioned, I was so surprised by how often Ratatouille came up, mm. um, and I, it does make me think I should watch it from start to finish because I've seen bits. I think I only I watched it for the first it. time all the way through uh, last year, actually. Right, yeah, I, I do need to. I'll give it a whirl. I mean, a lot of people went for Up, as you can imagine. A lot of people went Ratatouille. Not that many people had Coco there, to be honest. Um, a lot of people had Wall-E, which makes a lot of sense. Incredibles, Toy Story, obviously came up in almost everybody's top three. So there were some that just popped, cropped up all the time. Inside Out came up a few times. There was one person uh, who did manage to choose the correct three, which was nice. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, just looking for the name of now. Because there, there was just so many who had really surprising takes on it. But uh, yeah, I was really surprised. I also put a little bit of a poll on Twitter and I said, where does Coco rank? And the most popular... Uh, the winnings, the winning one, fifty-seven percent was uh, in the top five. So of the people who voted, it was quite high. Some people put it in the bottom half, and it—it's. I'm surprised there was such a variety of opinions about it. Essentially, mm. so that's uh, that's the critical response to it. So, Are you ready for a quiz? I'm always ready for a quiz, Sam. Fantastic. Now I've not made it especially difficult. There are some tricky ones, but I've not tried to catch you out okay. too much. So we'll, we'll see. I think you'll get at least we'll, a three, maybe four, maybe a five. We will test my limits see of my intelligence. <laughs> Absolutely. So question one is for you. Here we go. Where must the dead person's photo be displayed in order for them to cross the bridge on the Day of the Dead? Where must it be displayed? Yeah. Or on what must it be displayed? Oh, like a little altar. Yeah, do you remember the name of it? No, I don't have bollocks. <laughs> it's it the in Spanish. Ofrenda. Yeah. Ofrenda, that was it. On yeah. the Yeah. Question two. Never heard of it. What relation What relation is Imelda to Miguel? Uh, it's his great, great, great grandmother? Great, Very great. close. Is it double? Great, great grandmother. Just two. Yes, it's Coco's mother, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, and she's his great, yeah. So, yeah. great, great grandmother. Well done. What business are family uh, Miguel's family in? They're in the shoe business. What do they do? Yeah, they make shoes, she absolutely. Shoes and... I like the bit, actually, where um, they see the footprints and they're like, it's definitely a Rivera shoe. Because <laughs> <laughs> they all just know. It's a seven and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's wonderful. That, that bit's very um, Question four. In what year did Ernesto de la Cruz die? This is just a specific 19... fact that you caught out you didn't. Forty one. Oh, you're so close. Forty two. Mere months away. Forty two. Yeah, I'll give. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And finally, we've mentioned it a few times. What is the name of Miguel's dog? Dante. Dante. Well done. Yeah, very good. I'm going to give you a, a solid four out of five there. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I couldn't remember stuff. what that. Uh, yeah, what was it the offrender? Offrender, yeah. Off-render. This is again another another benefits of subtitles is those things just you have Sticking a visual you, memory of it. In your mind, yeah. They do. So Hugh, the the big question remains from the last. Well, the penultimate question remains to be asked. What film are we going to look at next week? Oh no, there's three. There's three questions. First question: Would you recommend Coco? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, it's a good film. Good. Yeah, good. I'm good. Glad I watched it. Um, just before we go into what we're doing next week, so have you enjoyed our back-to-back animated um, the back-to-school back school special? A back-to-school special, I would call it. Yeah, I think animation's gotten so good, and they've really hit that this four-quadrant appeal. It, everybody can love it. Spider Verse and Coco, any age can love it. Yeah, yeah. The which do you, ooh, which do you think of the two? I know they're not comparable, but the two which is better. I had the strongest response to Coco, but if somebody said Into the Spider Verse is better, I'd be like, I can't argue against that. Yeah, I assume I assume Spider Verse is well up there for you. Like, yeah, I like think several I, points. I, I think I prefer it to Coco. I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm I just fine think with that. I, you know, Coco it's, it's just, simply like it feels like there's just a little ingredient missing, and I can't put my. Yeah. I think it might be the, there's just not enough humour in it. I think. I th- uh, yeah, yeah. If they had one of the writer on with a few more jokes, maybe it'd have knocked it right out of the park for you. Yeah. So Hugh. Next week, knocking out of the park. Yeah, what are yeah. we going to watch next week? So uh, we're going to take a bit of a hard left, 
uh, I feel, uh, <laughs> away from uh, all sweetness and like and cocoa delight. We're going to do, uh, the, I think it's the 2001 film Training right. Day. Is it Tony Scott? It's a director. <laughs> it's certainly one of them. Uh, it's probably a man. <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't know who directed it because I haven't researched it yet. What about off the top of your phone? That's what I'm doing now. Like, film whilst I Google it quickly. <laughs> I am also you... looking. It seems like a... T- so what I know, I don't know much. I know it's Denzel. I know it's Ethan Hawke. I think he's like a sort of um, a dodgy cop or something detective. Is it in this film or is it another film where it says King Kong don't don't got shit on me? Well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> Has it been a while since you saw it, Hugh? Um, I saw it about four years ago. Okay, yeah, so I've seen it's it been about... it's been. It's been on our list since the start, hasn't it? When we first started this podcast and we were compiling films we should have seen, it was very early days that we had it on the list and you were just trying to find the right right moment for it and uh, yeah. turns out next week's the right moment for yeah, it. Yeah, so Episodes it's not who you say, Tony Scott. That's my guess, yeah. No, it's Antoine uh, Fuqua. Is famous, it? Right. Yeah, famous director. Well, okay. Director. Uh, do, you, do you know what else they've directed? I don't really know their work. Uh, yeah, he did. He's done quite a few things over the years, actually. Uh, he's d- done the Equalizer. Um, he's oh. done uh, Southpaw. If you've seen that, uh, no, <laughs> Olympus has fallen. I didn't realise he'd done that. Oh dear. <laughs> um, he did that King Arthur film many years ago. If you remember that with uh, Keira Knightley. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tears of the Sun, the uh, action film with Bruce Willis in. So he's into action. He likes action. Yeah, you could say his 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 main thing is like action film with like sort of badass leads in it or something like that. Yeah. So Denzel is his absolute ideal leading man. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about watching this. I I like I say I don't really know much about it, but I think it's a yeah a bit of a bit of a maverick cop. Thing I think and it, Denzel is Denzel is someone I've got a real blind spot for. I've probably only seen three Denzel films, right. and I know he's and I know he's brilliant, and I know I need I think, to see more of his films. Not to preempt it too much, but I think this might be his best performance. Right, quite frankly, yeah, I think he's good in Philadelphia, but these just gives a complete performance here, and he is the star of this film. So, yeah, we're going to do that next time out. I'm excited about um, it. Yeah. Sam, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, if they want to tell us about their... Uh, the listener, excuse me, not that I'm not being rude, if they... Uh, listener, if you want to tell us about your experiences of Training Day, maybe your top three Disney Pixar films, Hugh, how could they go about telling us these things? So what they need to do is they need to somehow find their way into like the land of the dead. Right. And then they need to like maybe join the police force there or some sort of border security <laughs> and they can then get send an email to us. But what they need to do is they need to give that email to somebody who's going to get brought to the land of the living. On, uh, uh, what's the Deus so somebody who's Dim, um, is it Deus de got Muerte? a lot of is money that? for their dentist. In, yeah, in Mexico you call it the Dia de Muertos, but in America you call yeah. it Dia de los Muertos. Oh, interesting. I don't know why there's two sayings for it there. Um Sorry, why is there two? Isn't it just Day of the Dead, the same? It's Day of the Dead, yeah, but the, apparently the, the traditional is actually just Dia de Muertos. But Dia de uh, in America they've sort of, not so much anglicised it, but they've added the loss. The, and that's what the, I've always heard what, it as. Like the the of the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of Day of the Dead. Or day, of Day of the Dead, so yeah. Dead day. <laughs> day, <of> day. <laughs> day. Day of dead. That sounds like a really bad, like one star reviewed film on uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> dead, day. dead day. Starring WWE's Kane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So and but f- yeah. So they need to do that, um, and they can send that email to please watch this dot uh, pod at gmail dot com. Sam, fantastic. If they mm. don't want to go around. That palaver, how can they get in touch? <laughs> so if the lazy ones, you can get with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram, we are at Please Watch Pod. But as I've mentioned before, you know, the best thing you can do for us is just tell somebody else about us a show and get them to listen to it. The word Perhaps out. Stroke their thigh gently while you listen to it together, if you want. Give them a reach around, do what you want. Please like. dulcet turns, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, leave us a review if you want. I mean, yeah. we're not making money I mean, we can, we can do this in smooth jazz radio style if that's what people want. It's all for the ego at 2am. Yeah. Uh, so, Hugh, uh, last thing that remains to I mean, say is, I listener, we love you. I don't and, know, uh, do you want to take up smoking, though, to do jazz? 
Uh, just whiskey and leaning closer to the mic, <laughs> and and going back to teaching, so my voice is fucking ragged. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, yeah, he loves you. I'm oh, ambivalent at best. See you next week. Together, on average, we quite like you. Yeah. Don't let it make you Bye. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me. Though I have to travel far, remember me. Each time you hear a sad guitar, know that I'm with you.